Welcome to Hope for Today, a weekly Bible teaching program that will bring you hope for every day. It is good to be with you this week. Thanks so much for joining us on Hope for Today. There is absolutely no other book like the Bible, and we believe every part of the Bible is beneficial for us. As you know, we are studying in the book of Exodus. But this is not the only book of the Bible we do teaching from. Here's a testimony from Macedonia. And at the time, we were airing our teaching from one of the Gospels. I listen to Radio 7 daily because it is different from all the other radio stations in our country. The music and the radio programs give me a lot of inner peace and have helped me practically with a few relationship problems. I want to thank you for the program Heralds of Hope. I am a Russian Orthodox believer, and though I always had a Bible in my home, I never opened it. I always was told that only the priests can understand the Bible, and we do what we are told. Through the program, Heralds of Hope, I was encouraged to read the Bible myself for the first time. This radio program has helped me a lot to understand the Gospels. I like that the teacher studies every chapter of the Gospel. Nothing is left out. I never thought that the Gospels had so much teaching about everyday life. I have learned from the program how to forgive others, and since then, my relationships have improved greatly. Isn't this an amazing testimony? Notice how the listener was impacted when they read the Bible on their own. Have you had an experience like this with God's Word? I have, and those who are involved with Heralds of Hope have also experienced the life in this wonderful book. This is the life and hope we share with you. With that introduction, let's go with Bible teacher J. Mark Horst to the Old Testament book of Exodus. If you can, follow along in your Bible and get ready to see God and be changed by Him. There are many religions in the world, so let me ask you a question. Can all of them be right? All religions express something of man's need for contact with God, or at least with a higher power. And so in that sense, all religions are alike. And yet, all religions are not the same, and they cannot all be right, because they do not all point to the one true God. There are many differences, even among false religions but then especially between false religions and the true religion of Jehovah, the Creator God. There is, however, a true religion, a true worship of this God. To demonstrate this true worship to mankind, God came down to reveal Himself when Moses and the children of Israel were camped at Mount Sinai many, many years ago. And God did this because He wanted the worship of man. He wanted to have fellowship with man, but it was necessary for something to happen so that man could have fellowship with God, because man's sin had separated him from God. You recall the account of Adam and Eve and how they ate the forbidden fruit, and their fellowship with God was broken. How could that broken fellowship be repaired? Well, fellowship and worship are closely linked together. But how shall you and I worship God? 
How shall we adore and praise him? How can God be real to us so that we understand and feel his presence, that he is near? In Exodus chapter 30 and verses 11 to 21, God gave Moses certain instructions for true worship. And so as we think about true worship, let me read Exodus 30, beginning with verse 11. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, When you take the sum of the children of Israel after their number, then they shall give every man a ransom for his soul unto the Lord when you number them, that there be no plague among them when you number them. This they shall give, every one that passes among them that are numbered, half a shekel after the shekel of the sanctuary. A shekel is twenty geras. A half shekel shall be the offering of the Lord. Every one that passes among them that are numbered from twenty years old and above shall give an offering unto the Lord. The rich do not have to give more, and the poor do not have to give less than half a shekel when they give an offering unto the Lord to make atonement for their souls. And you shall take the atonement money of the children of Israel, and you shall appoint it for the service of the tabernacle of the congregation, that it may be a memorial unto the children of Israel before the Lord to make an atonement for your souls. And then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, You shall also make a laver of brass, or a basin of brass and his foot also of brass. This is so you can wash in it. And you shall put it between the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar, and you shall put water in it. So Aaron and his sons shall wash their hands and their feet at that basin. When they go into the tabernacle of the congregation, they shall wash with water, so that they do not die. Or when they come near to the altar to minister, to burn offering made by fire unto the Lord. So they shall wash their hands and their feet, so that they do not die. And it shall be a statute, or a law, for them forever, even to Aaron and his seed through their generations. From these instructions that God gave to Moses, we learn the requirements of true worship. The first requirement of true worship is the need for redemption. God told Moses that every male person who was 20 years old or older was to make an atonement or a payment for their souls. Every male. There was no exception. They were to come with their atonement money to take care of this need for redemption. All who were numbered were to do this. And so it was carefully set forth, and the amount by weight according to the weight of the sanctuary. There was a need here, and there was a command. God would make no exceptions. Everyone's redemption came by the same process at the same cost. The need for redemption was common to all of the male members of Israel. Today, there is still a need for redemption. Today, however, it includes women too. This text is a beautiful illustration of the need for redemption because God said every man will pay the ransom money. No one was exempted. No one could say, This doesn't apply to me, because it was required of every man. So there is this requirement, the need for redemption. And then the second requirement in true worship is the norm for recognition. There was a proper age. Moses was told by God, those who are 20 years old and above. 
No one under 20 years of age was held responsible, but once you came to your 20th year, then you were responsible. And there was also a proper amount that was required. As I said earlier, everyone paid the same. The rich didn't give more, and the poor didn't give less. Everyone was on the very same level. Requirements were exactly the same when it came to true worship. No favoritism, no downgrading. And there was the proper use of this ransom money. It was to be used in the service of the tabernacle, but not for anything else. It was to be a part of their worship experience. I would say that even today, giving is part of true worship. It's part of our worship experience when we give back to God a portion of what he has given to us. In this requirement, all of them were exactly alike. There was absolutely no difference between them before God. They were equal. I want to make that clear. Before the Lord, there is absolutely no difference. Everyone is held accountable for exactly the same thing. doesn't matter how much money you have or how much property you own or what your social standing is. The poorest person and the richest person come to Jesus on the same basis. I find in this text that it was the proper age, the proper amount, and the proper use of this ransom money. It was exactly the same for everybody. And then the final requirement for true worship is the necessity for regulation. It is interesting to meditate on how Moses was instructed to make a laver. We get our English word lavatory from this. It was a bowl or a place for washing, a basin. And whenever Aaron and his sons were serving in their appointed office of the priest, they were to do it with clean bodies. They were to wash their hands and their feet before they served at the altar. It was necessary to make this kind of regulation, and God was very explicit about it. There was a place for washing. It was called the laver. And whenever they served in the tabernacle of the congregation, or when they came near to the altar to minister, They prepared for worship and service by what? By washing their feet and their hands in the laver. That was preparation for worship. God told them, you must do this, otherwise you will die. I believe what God was emphasizing was his holiness and the importance of coming into his presence very carefully. This was to be a never-ending requirement for Aaron's family because they were set apart for the priesthood. The Lord said, It shall be a statute forever, even to him and his descendants throughout their generation. Some versions use the word seed for generations, his posterity, those who came after him. So whenever they functioned in their role as high priests, they washed in preparation for worship. God said that's what they should do. In the worship of God, there is an orderly way to go about it, down to the very last detail, even to being clean in the body. Aaron and his sons were always to wash their hands and feet before they came before the Lord. So what can you and I learn from this? Well, first of all, our worship must be regulated. Some people rush into the presence of God carelessly, and they don't give much thought or preparation to their worship. You and I need to remember that God is holy. He deserves to be worshipped with reverence and with dignity. We should stand in awe of him. And then the Lord really does want our worship. He wants your worship and mine. But true worship must consider the need for redemption. There are no exceptions. 
everyone who comes to worship God needs redemption. They need cleansing. In God's view, we are all alike, rich or poor, whatever. No partiality, no favoritism with God. In God's plan, there is regulation. Everything is in order. So don't be satisfied with something less than true worship. God outlined what he wanted the children of Israel to do in those ancient times, and certainly he wants no less from us today. In fact, he actually asks more. Is God real in your life today? Is your worship true worship? Thanks, J. Mark, for these thoughts about worship. This subject is very important, and one reason it is important is because people are worshipers. It is in every human to worship something. Look around, and you see people trying to fill the God void inside with many other things. There seems to be no limit to the things or people we are willing to worship. All of this worship is false. It is called idolatry. Don't fall for it. Worship the one true God and only Him. He is the only one who is worthy and He deserves our worship. If you have any questions, or if you would like a copy of today's teaching, here is how you can contact us. The best way is email. Our email address is hope at heraldsofhope.org. If you don't have email, no problem. You can write to us. Our address is Hope for Today, Box 3, Breezewood, Pennsylvania, 15533. Or you can connect with us on our website. Our website is heraldsofhope.org. And if you go to the Connect tab on the top of the page, you can message us directly. Again, the website is heraldsofhope.org. Thank you so much for being with us, and we hope you will join us again next week. Go with God, and may our worship be just like David's in Psalms 34. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips.